Relevant. 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 Radio show. Sharing a real message in a relevant way. Good morning and happy Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. So put a smile on your face. We have a great show for you today. Our topic is being authentically you. We're going to have some really thought-provoking discussion with our guest, um, Veronica Edwards. And in the relevant spotlight, we have April J. Bradford, a new author of the book, Unveiling Confidence. Guess what? Today, Relevant, the radio show, is marking a milestone. It is our 10th show. We thank you, those that have gone on this journey with us. We thank you for tuning in every Sunday. Our song of the day is by one of my favorites, Brian Courtney Wilson. The title of the song is Great Work. Understand and know that God is doing a great work in you. You don't have to try to be like somebody else. You don't have to try to emulate somebody else. But be authentically you because he is doing a great work in you. Sometimes there are obstacles in the road That can leave you feeling low And you don't know how to move forward And sometimes there are turns you want to take But the way gets hard to trace Now you're wondering how did you get here But don't you give up until you see How God is ordering your steps So you can walk into your seas He that has begun A great work in you Is faithful to perform God is faithful to perform He that has begun A great work in you is faithful to perform it our God is faith In me, God 
perform God is faithful to perform You ought to encourage somebody Show your name He's faithful to perform God is faithful to perform Yesterday, today and forevermore God is faithful Faithful and great Great is his faithfulness Great is his faithfulness So what should be considered As we proceed Is that this work Did not begin with you Our mother's mother's And father's fathers planted seeds when we were but the faint notion of a dream in their mind. They hoped for a harvest, a legacy, a great work. So may your next step forward help us to connect the dots and see this picture.
right with the world. An ice cream shop that has been struggling to survive during the pandemic earned a sweet surprise, a $50,000 grant from the NBC's Today Show. Howdy Homemade, located in Dallas, Texas, is known for its original delicious flavors, but it's also known for its public service mission. All of the employees are individuals with special needs. The founder, Tom Landis, said that he was inspired to open the store after meeting one person who thoroughly impressed him. It was a busy night at one of my other restaurants when I met Coleman Jones. He just immediately jumped in and helped serve food and was super friendly, Landis explained. I called his mom up the next day and said, hey, I want to hire this guy. He has so much potential written all over him and leadership ability. Now, Coleman is the face of the sweet store. When the pandemic hit, like so many other businesses, Howdy Homemade was severely affected, having to close temporarily to ensure the safety of its employees. After reopening, 
customer traffic was slow and catering orders were limited due to the risk of permit closure. The community rallied around Landis, Coleman, and Howdy Homemade. A friend of Landis organized a GoFundMe campaign that raised over $100,000 for the shop and bought it more attention than ever. That, along with the $50,000 grant from the Today Show, will not only allow the, in, the ice cream shop to stay open, will also allow it to expand to a food truck and hire more individuals with special needs. Coleman, just being himself, earned himself not only a job, but also a whole store that employs people with special needs, and the community rallies around it to save it. Now that's what's right with the world. What's right with the world? You're rocking with the best. On a relevant radio show with your host, Natasha Harrod.
Hi, this is Calvin Meeks, and you're listening to Relevant, the radio show, with your host, Natasha Harried. Hello, we are back with Relevant, the radio show, and we have our guest today, Veronica Edwards. Hi, Veronica, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, so I believe that we're going to have a great discussion. Um, Veronica is an awesome woman of God. She is a great sister friend of mine. And so looking forward to just talking. And um, I know that what she has to share will definitely be a blessing to you. So, Veronica, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? What I would love to. Again, my name is Minister Veronica Edwards, wife of Pastor Craig Edwards. This coming December to be 23 years of marriage. I am the, yes, (laughs) I am the mother of three, Naomi, Jonathan, and Isaiah. Uh, I am a member, a proud member of the Liberty Community Worship Center here in Ferguson, Missouri, under the leadership of Bishop Arthur L. Jones, First Lady Minister Esther Jones, which they happen to be my parents. And I'm super excited about that. I work in all capacities of the ministry. So uh, church work is not nothing new to me. Um, I am a program manager with the Salvation Army in the Ferguson Empowerment Center of a wonderful youth development program called Spark Academy. I just recently um, received my master's degree in Christian ministries with the emphasis in counseling. I love people. I love the Lord. And I just, you know, I love life and I'm excited about it. So that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. Awesome. So I told you she is a awesome individual. And so, yeah, you are going to definitely be blessed. She is one of those people that just exudes positivity and love. And so, yeah. So um, our topic is being authentically you. Um, So many times in the body of Christ or just in life in general, we often look at other people's marriages, other people's career trajectory. Um, We look at other people's children. We look at their appearance. And it's so easy to say, you know, you know, my marriage would be, you know, I wish that my marriage was like so-and-so, or I wish that my hair would grow like so-and-so. I wish my children, you know, had ambition like so-and-so. And, or even, you know, the, whatever God has given you to do, you know, I wish I could sing like so-and-so or minister the way that God blesses when they get up. I wish I could do that, you know, and it's nothing wrong with ad- admiring um, the way that God uses people or um, learning from, and I definitely believe that you can learn from other people, but the Absolutely. danger comes in when we start to compare ourselves, you know, and feel like we are not measuring up. Um, And so our giftings, our talent, what we've been blessed to achieve, our appearance, you know, can be under scrutiny when we look at um, ourselves in comparison to somebody else. So, you know, let's just, you know, let's kind of talk about that. What effect do you think this can, this mindset can have on our self-esteem or our willingness to do what God's called us to do? Well, Tasha, if you live your life trying to be like the next person, you've setting yourself up to fall into a trap of depression Mm -hmm. because God created you 
And he wanted you to be the best you that you possibly can be. Trying to live up to other people's expectations of what they think you should be. Uh, you know, who who's to say that you're not successful? Who are you measuring your level of a success based off the next person? God wants you to be your very best version of you. And basically, he has set a path for you to travel. And if you don't travel that path, you are saying to God, God, you made a mistake when Mm -hmm. he created you. You're giving yourself a false, a very false personal identification of who you ought to be. Mm. And that's not how it should be. You know, yes, it's important that we have people that we look up to and people that we admire, but never to the point where we are uh, bog beating ourselves, trying to make sure that we dot every I just like they did, or we crossed every T like they did. And if you constantly cannot do it, then you're constantly beating up on yourselves, which makes you have low self-esteem. And for what? Because you're li- trying to live in someone else's shoes instead of walking out your own shoes. Mm. So it's very difficult. It is. It's mm. very difficult to live a life of comparison. And it's not that you can't Again, look up to them, but not try to be exactly like them. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes we are only looking at the after. We don't know what the before was like. Like, We don't know what the process was like. You know, talking about somebody's marriage or, you know, their children. You know, you see them successful now, but you didn't see the rough teenage years. Absolutely. You look at their marriage and you see them loving and, 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 and... a beautiful relationship now, but you didn't see the years where they didn't know if they were going to make it, you know? So so we don't, sometimes we just don't know the process of what it took. Right. I know a lot of times people say this in church all the time. Well, you don't know my story, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's true. You really do not understand a person's process because that particular person's process was designed just for them. Mm-hmm. And you're able to uh, experience the glory because they went through the process. So if I miss out on going through my process, everybody else won't be able to experience the glory. But you cannot leave out the process. Everybody has its own process, you know, yeah, their own process. Yeah, rather. Yeah. Yeah. We can't skip that. Yeah. Um, can you think of instances where comparison can be a good thing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I feel like. Um, you know, I admire you. Let me use you for an example. You know, I love the fact that you are a fireball for God. You are a fighter, a spiritual fighter for your family, that you won't come up off of a thing until it happens. I admire that about you, you know. And so in, in my mind, I can compare that to say, okay, if my if my if my God gave my sister Tasha the energy and the passion and the will to continue to fight, then I can do the same thing. Mm. Not necessarily saying that I will fight with the same, you know, fist the hand or whatever mm. the case may be, but it's a good comparison. I think healthy when you are saying it where I, at least I have an example of saying, it's a use as a testimony. She's mm. my testimony. If she made it through, if she fought through, mm. I know that I can too. That's a good way to compare. But when you are living a life of trying to compare and say, if my hair is not cut the way her hair is cut, I can't leave the house. If mm-hmm. I don't have the right outfit on or if, if my makeup and everything is not together because they come out picture perfect, then I can't do it because I'm, I'm just going to be down on myself. I'm just going to go in the room and shut the door. Now, that's an unhealthy comparison. Mm-hmm. 
that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Gives you something to aspire to. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. That, yeah. I hadn't necessarily thought of that, thought of it that way. Um, so when we're caught up in this comparison, many times when we compare, the next step can be to start to emulate what we admire. Then we end up with singers that are doing the same runs, preachers that are preaching the same, musicians that are practicing to sound like somebody else, not seeking God for their authentic sound or, you know, what God really wants for them to say. But they want to have the same cliches as the preacher that they heard on YouTube, you know. Um, So let's talk about how this keeps us from being who God authentically created us to be. You know, when we get caught up in that. Yeah, you're simply not giving yourself a chance to grow. Mm -hmm. You're saying to God what he created is not good enough. Mm. You're saying to God that he made a mistake and that you are you are okay just walking under the shadow of someone else. Mm. And that's not how he intended it for it to be. This world would be absolutely boring if everybody was like me. Mm. This world would be absolutely boring if everybody was like you. The Lord made us in his image and in his likeness and so therefore we have so much to offer we have so much to share but it's up to us to allow ourselves to find out who we are and i think that's another thing too tasha a lot of times we don't want to spend time with us Mm, wow. We don't want to spend time to find out who we really are because see then when we spend time to find out who we really are, then we'll see some things that we might not so much like. Mm. And so that you know, which can be a good thing because that gives you time to see what areas you need growth in, you know, and allow God to perfect those things in you. And that's important. We have to spend time with ourselves to develop who we are and all not always run to YouTube to see what the next person is doing. Spend some time with God and say, Lord, show me me. Show me the path that I need to go on. And help me. Help me. Help me to be my own self. Help me to be real and not to live under the shadow of someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. Um, You know, and what you said right there, we don't want to spend time with ourselves Mm -hmm. to really get to know us. You know, mm-hmm. self-reflection is important, um, you know, and sometimes we, you know, we're uncomfortable with ourselves and who God's created us to be. So we find ourselves always in the company of someone else, always in relationships, always, you know, you see people that go from one relationship to the next. They don't give themselves time to heal or process or anything because they don't want to sit with them. They want to just, you know, I need somebody to talk to. I need to be in companionship with someone else, you know, but it takes time to sit with yourself, get to know who you are, um, process the experiences that God has brought you through. And then you said spending time with God, you know, so valuable, you know, because in order, my, my father often says, in order to speak for him, I have to speak to him. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so how can you be who God authentically created you to be if you don't know who that is? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you would allow me to just mm-hmm. say this, if you, for everybody that's listening out there in the radio land, God did not make a mistake when he mm-hmm. created you. Mm-hmm. God did not make a mistake when he created you. He was so purposeful. When he made you and it's okay to be you. 
Mm. It's okay. It's sometimes in this life that you find out something about yourself that you don't like. And the great thing about God, God has all of these answers and his promises to reassure you because life will tell you something differently. But God's word will remain and stand true always. He, the word will reassure you of his promises concerning you. Mm. It's okay. Mm. God didn't make a mistake. Yeah, that's good. That's good. God doesn't make mistakes. And, um, you know, if you do, you know, and I think what you just said is so valuable that um, because sometimes we stop right there and get stunted when we find these kind of um, insufficiencies within ourselves, then we want to bag up and we feel like we're not good enough. And I always tell people, hey, you know, surprise. No, you're not. But through God, you're not capable. You're not, you know, good enough. But through God, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens Absolutely. me. And so what you just said that um, if you find some things, you know, after self-reflection, that in his word, we can find strength. We can find, mm-hmm. you know, his grace that will pick up the slack where we leave off. And so I think that is so important. Uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to pick up this discussion. But really, I hope that um, if you have dealt with these feelings of insecurity, if you've dealt with not feeling like you measure up, like everybody else is further along the road than you, like you don't look like everyone else, you don't uh, operate the way that everyone else operates. I want you to be confident to know that that's OK, that oftentimes that is a good thing. You know, that God has already created a Juanita Bynum. He's already created a T.D. Jakes. He's already created a Matthew Stevenson. And so you can just go ahead and be free to be you. (laughs) And, you know, and I believe that if you began to operate in who God has authentically called you to be, then the people would be blessed by what God has given you. You know, there are some people that need to hear your specific experiences. They need to hear your specific testimony. And if you keep covering that up and wanting to be something else. You are who you are, you know, and it's time to come to terms with that and really walk out that calling that God has for you. We're going to take a short break and we will be right back. How's everybody doing? I'm Kerry Douglas of Vision Builders and we build houses, we build churches, we build anything you can name. But today I'm here to talk to you about podiums. A lot of people in the area, especially in our St. Louis area, have tired, played out, old school, 1973 podiums. But if you want your vision to come to life in your church, you need a Vision Builders podium. A lot of people see fancy podiums on television and wonder, how can I get a podium like that in my church? Well, look no further. You can call Vision Builders at 618-401-0085. Trust me, our prices are half the price and our quality is twice as good. So if you want a podium, call Vision Builders or you can contact us at kadouglas83 at yahoo.com. And remember, who can build your podium better than the preacher? And we are back. We are back with our um, guest, Veronica Edwards. And we are having a great discussion um, about being authentically you, being who God has created you to be. And before the break, we talked about um, just kind of finding strength in, in, in God and in God's word. And then oftentimes, you know, as if we take it to women, sometimes we can feel, or really anybody, um, but sometimes specifically women, we can look at our appearance 
and we can feel like the next woman is much more attractive than me because she's taller, she's thinner, she's shapelier, her hair is longer, her hair is this or that. And, you know, we can, you know, it can cause us to draw back. And a lot of times we won't even operate in front because we don't feel like, you know, our appearance or we, you know, we're self-conscious and we get caught up in those things. And, you know, and we begin to kind of really draw back from where God has called us to be. Um, How would you encourage, you know, a sister that is going through that? I would encourage my fellow sister and just say, step out there. You have to be delivered from people. Mm -hmm. People will hold you back if you allow them to. Listen, I just recently, after, I guess, wearing weave forever, just recently, um, about three months ago now, went natural. And at first, people was like, oh, my God, you gone natural? Uh, when are you going to go back? And I had to tell myself, at first, I was like, did I really do that when people start saying that? And then I was like, no, I did this for me. I wanted a change. I wanted a new look. I, I was turning 45, and I'm proud to say that. And I wanted to do something different. (laughs) And so when I came out with it, and everybody was like, I had good responses, bad responses, but the main thing was my response, what was important. Mm -hmm. So I'm just want to encourage you to make sure that you find what makes you happy. You find what, back to again, doing self-reflection. Back to, here we go again. It's it's real simple. It sounds simple, but it, it, it takes work making sure that you please you and that you're not out to please people and knowing that God is the one who, who you have to answer to no one else. Yeah. Yeah. Find what makes you happy. Absolutely. And then being comfortable with you, you know, because if you are constantly up and, you know, God is trying to use you or, you know, to speak or to minister, to sing, or just to talk one-on-one with somebody and, you know, you're, worried about this you worried about that you know how can you you know you have to be free from people and opinions and um just really be comfortable in who you are and what god has called you to be you know and find what makes you happy you know i, I really like that because sometimes we we just live for other people right we live for the opinions of other people you know we live for the um validation of other people you know but you have to find that in god and absolutely. And you know, there's a scripture, I believe it's uh, Psalms, it is Psalm 139 that the Lord talked about how we were fearfully and wonderfully mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. So if the Lord had already declared that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, why do we trip off what other people say or think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's already declared it. So don't allow what people think preventing you from moving and doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've already Somebody been validated lied. by yeah. God. Exactly. Our validation comes from God. Somebody's life is dependent on you stepping out and being who you are. Mm. Not being worried about what the next person is going to say. And I can can speak about that because, you know, the Lord has um, and I'm not saying in a braggadocious manner, given me various gifts. Mm -hmm. And for for a long time, I was afraid to use them because I was concerned about what people would think. Oh, she thinks she's better than somebody. Or does she, is she really hearing for God? And so I missed out on opportunities to be able to speak life into somebody else because I was concerned about what the next person was mm-hmm. going to think. 
So I'm having to go back and repent and I'm dealing with all of that. Mm -mm, I'm done with that. (laughs) If the Lord tells me to say, or the Lord tells me to do, I'm going to do it and say it regardless if it's a a convenient or inconvenient situation or not. I will be in order because that's how the Lord works, but I'm just saying I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think you, you bring up a good point that we are, um, we have to answer to a higher calling than people. Absolutely. So we can't let people hold us hostage, you know. And so I should think about it. For real, if we are allowing the people to prevent us from moving out and being who we are, we just allow those people to become an idol God. Oh, wow. And so many people don't look at it that way. And some people don't look at it like that mm-hmm. because we're putting them ahead of God. In front of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope exactly. that I hope well, that in front of him. Yeah, I hope that as you're listening, you're catching that. You know, if you have been caught up by the opinions of other people, you know, you're placing them in front of God, you know, and you are making an idol uh, of them, their opinions, their validation. You know, but really at the end of the day, what God says is that's what matters. That's yeah. what that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And it's that's I mean, all that matters. Yeah, and I think you said earlier you know being delivered from people you know how many people in the church on their jobs whatever in their families are you know are held hostage by the opinions of other people you know mm-hmm. i would marry this person that i know that god has for me but because you know my family doesn't think this or that you know that he's you know so i just passed you know i just passed it up right my children you know how they think i should parent how whether I should move out of state, you know, whatever, you know. And so you have just altered your life based on other people's opinions rather than seeking God for direction of your life. And let me add this. There is a difference in a person's opinion and then receiving godly counsel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. So don't, yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm saying that I don't listen to anyone. Right. But there is a difference based right. off of opinion and godly counsel. Right. Amen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'm glad you make that distinction. But then oftentimes, like other people's opinion, even if sometimes, you know, the godly counsel, if other people's opinions run contrary to that, people will find themselves going with that popular opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if your pastor said, no, I don't think this is the road that you should go down. And then you hear people in your ear, well, how is he going to tell you what you should do? And how is he going to dictate to you? And, you know, and then, you know, they're trying to run contrary to, you know, that why that godly counsel, that wise counsel, you know, and they're running, you know, against the word of God. So when you seek godly counsel, listen to godly counsel. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah. I can give you a prime example that when I was uh, dating Craig, because I met him at a very young age, they were saying we, when we talked about going to get married, they was like, you're too young to get married. Now, what if I would have listened to everybody telling me that I was too <laughs> young to get married, that I needed to wait? You know what I'm saying? Mm, now, so, here you no. are 23 years later. Okay. <laughs> period. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So don't miss your blessing listening to people. Right. right. You know, as long as, you know, you've received godly counsel, you're confident in what God has said for you to do, you know, go for it. You know, Absolutely. be free. Be free. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I'm glad that you were talking about, you know, like your marriage. Um, because I was thinking about how, 
sometimes husbands can think, you know, the comparison in marriage, you know, if my wife was more supportive, like Miss So-and-so, or wives can, you know, be like, well, if my husband showed me affection, like, you know, Sally's husband, you know, when they're looking at somebody else's spouse, and then they start to compare their marriage to someone else's, you know, what impact do you think that this kind of thinking can have on marriage? That type of thinking can absolutely um, make attempts to destroy the marriage mm-hmm. if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. I think in marriage, it's very important that you just talk about what it is that you both need and desire. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know that it the covenant is not one-sided, that you have to give and you have to take. You know, you have to surrender. You have to submit. I mean, all of that on both sides. Um, it's important to understand that satisfaction works both ways. You know, uh, Craig tells me all the time, I want some of that extra me time that you get mm-hmm. that extra, that extra rub here, that mm-hmm. extra touch, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not always physical. It's just about making sure that you verbally speak, you know, what it is, the good as mm-hmm. well as the bad. Have, you know, be open to have those conversations, mm-hmm. you know, set time apart to be able to, you need to, like, okay, right now is not a good time to have this discussion, you know. Mm-hmm. I think for years when we first got married, uh, my husband always wanted to talk about things right away. He didn't like, you know, holding any grudges and dealing with it. Well, for me, I didn't want to talk about it right away because I knew that I would probably say something that I would have to repent five times after. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I wanted to wait a minute mm-hmm. so I can calm my little emotions down mm-hmm. and then have a conversation. Well, that didn't work with him. But then we finally, after getting, now hear me, after years and mm-hmm. years of learning this skill that each other needed to respect that, he wanted to talk about it now and I had to get over my feelings of thinking I'm just going to shoot everything I wanted to out of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so just coming together and mm-hmm. understanding that, hey, in order for this to work, we got to st- come together. We got to mm-hmm. come together. Yeah. Yeah. You have to find the common ground for your marriage. Yes. You yes. know, you can't look at, yes. you know, yes. no husband yeah. or no wife wants to hear. You know, and I don't want to hear about what Craig is doing. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And then celebrate what he or she is doing right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to love what the Lord has put together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as time goes on, whether you gain, whether you have lost, whether you've gotten gray, whether you, whatever it is, you have to learn how to love. It says, "And death, unto death do you part." That's mm-hmm. true in the good and in the bad. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when, when we're talking about this, when people say their vows, they don't really listen to their vows. They're so caught up in just the glitz and the glams of the actual wedding. And they're not concerned for real, for real about the marriage covenant. Because mm-hmm. the wedding is for the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the marriage is for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And that's where the real, the real work comes in. Yeah, when everybody else has gone home. <laughs> when everybody else has gone home, you've unwrapped the last gift, you yeah. spent the last gift card, mm-hmm. and then everything else starts happening. Life. Yeah, and, gotta how live together. Going, and how are you going to live together? How yeah. are you going to work this out? And then don't add no children. Oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Bills. But it can be done. And, yeah, all of it that. Yeah, yeah. And not to 
not, and it's important, if you're out there and you're married, it's important to not to compare your covenant with the next person's covenant. Mm. Because again, here we are, it's about being you. Yeah. You can yeah. look and admire someone else's covenant, but then you go back and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to make sure that my covenant is lined up the, the way you've designed it to line up. Mm-hmm. Help me to do what I need to do. Help us to come together as one to make mm-hmm. sure that this works. Yeah. That I don't have to look outside my house. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go and check to see if the grass is greener on the other side because <laughs> I can water my own grass to make it green on the side that I'm on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes as you're talking, I was just thinking sometimes it's not even like, say, another male or another female, even your parents, you know, um, you can't hold animosity against your husband because he's not like your my daddy did this my daddy fixed stuff around the house and he you know took care of my mother like this you know well you didn't marry your dad you know um and so you have to you know there are things that maybe like you say you talked about finding a common ground for your marriage hey you know i kind of you know could you do these things for me you know could you you know i really would appreciate you taking care of xyz you know and because sometimes we have these um, expectations and they don't even know it, but we just don't like, even know, it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and he, you know, and he can't be, well, you don't cook like my mother. My mother kept a house like this Well, your mother didn't work, you know, um, mm-hmm. and so things are different. So we need more shared responsibilities, you know, so sometimes it's not even looking at, you know, like a peer, um, male, female, but just even your your parents and comparing your wife to your mother, comparing your husband to your father, that can also be detrimental as well. Absolutely. Now I've picked up some great things from my mother and my father um, as relates to how to be a wife and what, you know, how a wife should be treated. And at the same time, I've, I've learned some things too from the experience of being a wife from Craig and how a wife should be treated and how a wife should be loved. So, yeah, I mean, you you can get some good things, but at the same time, never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever compare your husband or your wife to someone else because it will cause a lot of problems for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, just walking that fine line between learning and gleaning from and not comparing and wishing, you know, that I had that or I had, you know, learning how to balance that. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, because we can all grow from each other, mm-hmm. you know, you can mm-hmm. grow from, you know, and watching and asking questions, but never take the approach of, oh, they have it better. So you need to make sure you do it like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that won't work. Because mm-hmm. you're not work. them and they aren't you. And again, Absolutely. it goes to that process, you know. And after after 23 years, I'm thinking I need to have you back so you can talk about marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to because honestly, I just feel like all of those beginning years, uh, we had our share of ups and downs and we're not done. But mm-hmm. I feel like God allowed us to go through all of those things for us to be able to share. And I'm real open and honest. I share, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like people need to hear real life situations and how the Lord brought you out. And what did you do? You know, because yet yeah, there, there are a lot of wonderful books out here. I'm, and that's, that's true. That's absolutely true. But you need to hear for real life stories and see the yeah. process. 
yeah. you just see the process worked out. Yeah, see examples. And I mean, as hard as it may be, if you are in your second, third year, I mean, it may sound like a long ways off, but I think maybe you can attest to this. I mean, we'll be celebrating 20 years next year. And I Yay! think it's just something that happened. Thank you. You know, thanks be unto God that causes us to triumph. Yeah. You know, it seems like when you get to that 20 year mark or a little before, you know, how the crooked places start to make become straight. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. You know, I talk to couples all the time. We, well, Craig and I talk to couples all the time and they'll be like, we're in our second year and we're having, I was like, oh, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be okay. I mean, I don't make it yeah. light of it, yeah. but you just have different things that go on and you have to remember this is a covenant and you have to pray, you have to press and you have to trust God for your marriage. Not people, trust God for your marriage to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So no, you 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 coming back so we can talk really okay, really get okay, into I'm marriage. <laughs> you know I'm passionate about that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so we're gonna take another short break here. Um, usually we end um with our guests, but I want Veronica to stick around, and she has um, a new project um that she is birthing, and she is uh, beginning to really bless the lives of other people and help them to kind of walk in their calling. And I think it kind of relates to this topic, you know, of just being who God's called you to be. And God's given her a project to help walk alongside people in that process. So we're going to take a quick break and we are going to be back with Veronica. So we'll just, you can kind of discuss, um, the maintaining what is that the correct maintaining while under the radar to maintain while under the radar Uh uh-huh okay hold on one second okay Uh you got a second yeah Uh uh-huh you good Okay. <laughs> Gotta get your notes. <laughs> All right. We are back. We are back with uh, a little bit of bonus with Veronica Edwards. Um, really wanted her to get into this project and give you some information on this um, because I, I feel like it relates to the topic that we've been talking about. Um, perhaps God has laid something on your heart and you feel like you need your capacity built in that area to really walk that out. And so um, my sister Veronica has a project that God has given her to um, walk alongside people and really help them to strengthen in the area so that they can um, walk in the calling that God has for them. So let's discuss this new ministry that um, you are embarking on. Thank you so much for allowing me to mention this. The name of the ministry is How to Maintain While Under the Radar. And our mission is we have a heart for people in ministries and their families. Our focus is to offer tools and strategies from the word of God that will help them navigate the territory of their God-given assignment instead of aborting it. This is also going to be a safe place for godly counsel to help people cope with the 
often intentional attacks of criticism of people. So listen, I'll be coming on Facebook Live. I have a YouTube channel. I would like for you guys to go on and subscribe. You can find me under Minister Veronica Edwards. Hey, listen, it's really important just to have somebody to talk to, have somebody to walk alongside with you to encourage you to, hey, don't worry about it. God has called you and it's okay. You got this. You got to live out your purpose. And hey, look me up on Facebook, Instagram, and meet me October the 29th at 7 o'clock p.m. You can find me live Facebook and on YouTube for my next episode. We're going to be talking about how to balance life while serving. Very valuable topic. Very valuable. I know when I was beginning in ministry, um, I sought out mentors and wished that I had more mentorship. And so I think what what God has given her is so valuable to people that are beginning or need confidence or are switching to another role or whatever the case might be, you know, however. um, And so encourage you to connect with her on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And we will have her information on the website following the show. Uh, I'm not on the website, but on the Facebook page for Relevant, the radio show. We'll have all of her contact information of how to find her on the various social media platforms. And watch out for her um, Facebook Live and YouTube Live on October the 29th at 7 o'clock. Yes, 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock. P.M. 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, talking about how to balance life while serving. Life while serving, yes, definitely. So you definitely want to catch that. I believe it will be a blessing to you and an encouragement. And I know that you will pick up some valuable, I know that you will pick up some valuable information on that topic. God bless you. Thank you so, so much for joining me, Veronica. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you on so many levels. You are awesome. And I want to encourage you to continue to walk out your assignment. You're doing an awesome job at being you, darling. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's the only person I know how to be. (laughs) That's it. And and as I said, just know that you will hear more from Veronica Edwards. We're going to have her back and we're going to talk about marriage. Maybe I can put, we'll pull in our husbands, baby. And we'll have, you know, just kind of a discussion on marriage. Them at 23, us at 23. And we'll just kind of, you know, compare notes. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, this is James Ross from J. Ross TV. And you're listening to Relevant Radio with host Natasha Harrod. Yes, Lord, my life is yours. 
Let's dig deeper. Let's dig deeper into our topic on being authentically you. There's a scripture in Philippians 1 and 6 that says, Being confident of this very thing, that which he hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you not know that God has started something great in you? It's good to admire what God is doing in the lives of others, and we should draw inspiration from those around us. But don't stack your accomplishments, gifts, or talents next to theirs as if life is a competition. Don't fall into the trap of comparing your marriage to theirs. You see they're now, but you have no idea of their backstory or what it might have taken to get there. You may not be as tall, thin, short, curvy as the next person, but you can be uniquely you. Do you. There will always be someone that can sing better, play an instrument better, do whatever better. But is it really better or is it just differently? Do you and lose the need to rate life on a scale of good, better, and best. Your best is when you are being obedient to God, doing the work that he has called you to do. Learn to be authentically you. If you are comparing yourself to the next man, trying to do what it is that they're called to do, who's doing what God has called you to do? Who's being the you that God has called you to be? What about the good work that he has begun in you? Do you. Understand that comparison is the thief of joy. When we fall into the hole of comparison, we can quickly begin to feel less than. It steals our joy and we begin to lose focus. Don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to the person that you were yesterday. Rather than making others the standard by which you judge yourself, look to God for approval and affirmation. Rather than do what you do for applause, live so God gets the glory and honor from your life. Be the best you that God has called you to be. My brother, my sister, do you. Be authentically who God has created you to be. We'll be right back. Welcome to Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Herrett. Where the rivers flow, you decide whether my heart will beat. And I know, God, you can mend a broken heart and pain. You're the reason why I'm still sane. Oh, you can do anything, anything. In control, God's in control, God's in control, God's in control, God's in control, 
God's in control. God's in control. God's in control. Whether it will rain or snow, you choose which way the rivers flow. You decide whether my heart will be. I know God, you can mend a broken heart and pain. You're the reason why I'm still sane. Or you can do anything, anything. Let's join in. God is in control. God's in control. God's in control. God's in control. God's in control.
Relevant Spotlight. And we are back with Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Herrick. And today in the Relevant Spotlight, we have April Bradford. She is the author of the new book, Unveiling Confidence. And before we get into the book, let's talk to April and let's find out a little bit about yourself. Um, Thanks for joining us, first of all. All right. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be on the Relevant Show. Um, So thank you very much, Tasha. Um, But a little bit about myself. Um, My name is April J. Bradford, and I am the wife of the illustrious Minister Jake Bradford. He's the music, songwriter, producer, and musical extraordinaire. Um, He is my husband of two years, but I've known him for 20 plus years. I am a mother of three, um, and I am, like she mentioned, the author of Unveiling Confidence. So that's a little bit about me and just a little bit more. um, I guess the best part of my life is being a part of the ministry known as Changing Lives Ministry, where I am under the leadership of Pastor Michael Bradford. And I bring up the ministry because they play a major role in me becoming an author. I uh, taught a class called Discovering Your Ministry which is helping new members find out what their spiritual gifts are and learning to operate authentically in those gifts. So when I taught that class and the more and more I taught it year after year, it was about seven years that I taught that class straight. You know, the Lord began to deal with me about this concept of unveiling confidence. So, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, something that you were kind of already doing and operating in, God began to, you were teaching other people how to find their place in the ministry and God began to open up another ministry, another avenue for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So our topic today is being authentically you. And I think your book fits into this topic perfectly. Oftentimes people can compare themselves uh, or their accomplishments to others or try to emulate others, not just admire, but want to be just like them. They want to sing just like them or talk just like them, preach just like them. And often this comes from a lack of confidence in themselves and what God has actually put on the inside of you. Um, what are you hoping the reader gains from uh, reading Unveiling Confidence? Um, if anything, um, like I share my journey of getting to that unveiling place. And honestly, unveiling is a process and it's something that we're going to continually do. But when a reader picks up this book, I want to give them the steps on what to do. And basically, I want them to walk away knowing that they don't have to live a life veiled behind things, behind hurt, behind anything that is not like God, that they can be authentically themselves by facing the truth of God. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, so like I said, that it really goes with what we've been discussing today, you know, um, being who God has called you to be. So let's just get into this book. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I told you, I just really got a lot out of um, your book and I was just kind of highlighting. I normally don't write in books. I love books, but this was one of those books that I just kind of really got into and um, started just highlighting and I got all kind of tabs, sticky tabs in here um, because there were so many different nuggets in the book. Yeah. Um, You talk about 
how keeping a yes to God at the forefront of your decisions will safeguard you from feelings of inadequacies and how it changes your view of people, um, of life, and even of yourself. Um, you know, uh, on in the early part of the book, you talk about um, your yes will change your life. You will get, you might get knocked down, but you won't stay down because staying down which shows surrender to the hurtful experiences that have kept you hidden. Your yeah. yes to God will impact your perspective, you know? And so can you elaborate on that? How that yes to God can kind of empower people? Most definitely. You know, when a person's yes to God is always at the forefront of their decisions, it means that before any decision is made, that there is a checkpoint. So basically they're saying, God, I'm going to consult you with what I'm about to say yes to. And in Proverbs, it talks about acknowledging God in all of your ways. And that's basically synonymous with keeping him at the forefront of your decisions and saying yes to him. So I put it this way, you know, there's free will and then there's the will of God. And a lot of times free will will cause us to have us say yes to a lot of people without even thinking about it. Uh But when you're in the will of God, you will automatically be placed in the protection of God. Because God would never lead you to a place that he would leave you, you know, to a place of attack. But when you say yes to God, he directs your path in the way you should go. Therefore, every place, every position he puts you in, you're safe. But oftentimes when you say yes to people, it leads to disappointment. In some way, you don't satisfy them completely. And you are the one that walks away feeling inadequate because you didn't say yes without consulting God. But when God is before your yes to anything, he will lead you to the appointment and not the disappointment. Uh He'll lead you to the places that he predestined for you. But you have to start with surrendering your yes to him first and he'll guide you into the right places you need to go. That's awesome. So then we are using that yes as a, a compass for the way that we should go, what we should accept. You know, so everything shouldn't be on our plate. You know, if that yeah. doesn't align with the yes that you have given to God. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Good. Um, and throughout the book, you weave the analogy of preparing for um, a wedding and the symbols that are attached to that uh, event, you know, are kind of in your book as different symbols for confidence and, you know, uh, your journey. And you discuss how the ring symbolizes belonging and gives the implication of security. When confidence is lacking, a person may tend to place rings on their life to prove they are valuable. Um, You know, and what you said is they become slaves to things that they choose to hide behind instead of becoming servants to God who is able to heal. Uh, can you give the audience some examples of what you mean as far as like placing rings on things in our life? Um, somebody might be hiding and not even realize it. Of course, of course. You know, when we meet people who aren't confident, who are not authentically themselves, instead of meeting them, the person, we we are met with their position or we're met with their title or we're met with their career. You know, all these different things that are valuable to the world, but they're not necessarily valuable in the kingdom. So a lot of times rings are synonymous with those brand name clothes, those titles, Mm -hmm. those positions, you know, and we always put that in the front 
instead of bringing our authentic selves to the front. And let me put it this way. When a wife, when a girl, a woman gets engaged, the first thing she shows off is that ring. Uh You know, she goes around, look, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. And all the time, the ring isn't the main attraction. It's the bride. It's the person. And a lot of times when people are putting things out there, they're showing, hey, I'm valuable because of what I have and not who I am. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know it. But in this book, I help you walk through the journey of removing those veils, whether it's hurt, whether it's things, whether it's position. This book walks you into the truth of who you are if you are willing to apply the principles the Lord blessed me to put in it. Yeah, yeah. And when we um, take off those veils of the name brand clothes, the, you know, whatever it is that we have been hiding behind, then we don't have, or sometimes we're hiding behind, you know, like I say, trying to emulate someone else or be just like someone else. When we take those veils right. off, then we can be who God has called us to be and just walk confidently in that, you know, that calling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I um, agree. I agree. Yeah. And what, and you said there was this uh, quote in here. Uh, like I said, there's just, I got like about 10 different tabs on different pages, but um, there was one thing that you said, um, a lack of confidence, and it kind of goes with what you just said, comes from the thoughts of inadequacy or not feeling needed. When you don't feel adequate or essential, you will often find yourself trying to prove you are by going after positions and not purpose. That really, yeah. I mean, that just... Um, I was like, yes, because you you see that so often, you know, and sometimes um, and this in this season, we've seen so many things stripped away, you know, where it's not about your fabulous music ministry. It's not about, you know, all of your preaching engagements. I mean, it's like we're kind of all on a level playing field, all on Facebook or Zoom. You know, it's about the authenticity of the word, about your relationship and what you're actually saying. All of the the fancy praise breaks have been stripped away. All of the fancy clothes and hats have been stripped away, you know, and it's about purpose. Right, right. Um, And that's so important, too. You know, a lot of people, when I wrote that, you know, I even I even was gasping within myself like, Lord, you know, because he was dealing with me first. Uh-huh. You know, it's a, it's so easy to go for the position because you feel like in that position you'll be relevant. But uh-huh. sometimes that's not in alignment with what he he designed you to be. And I believe that's why a lot of people in ministry or even on jobs, they end up being burnt out, you know, uh-huh. over, overworked and exhausted because they're functioning in a place they were never meant to function because it's not in alignment with their purpose. So yeah. it's so important for us to operate not only as our authentic selves, but in our authentic design, which the creator made us in. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, we attempt to um, validate our existence or, or who we are, or we feel like we will feel better about ourselves if right. we have a degree attached to our name, if right. we have a position attached to our um, our life or, or we, if, we, if we're someone's wife. Or, you know, whatever the case might be. But God, he wants you. He just wants you. You don't have to have all of that. He just wants you. Yeah. And and you really kind of give the antidote to that when you say when you surrender to the plan of God, there's no need to prove yourself. He approves you because 
to him. You are necessary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's the powerful truth that we we have to accept. God created us. I mean, this is the creator of heaven and earth. So nothing created can never say how valuable we are because the creator has already deemed us valuable. Mm -hmm. And I hope if you're you know listener, as you are hearing the discussion, I, we want you definitely to know that you are necessary. You are valuable. Your voice is necessary. Um, not someone else's voice coming through you, not you being like somebody else, but you know, God really just desires for you to kind of come out of the shadows and he has attached a destiny to all of our lives. And, um, he wants us to wake up and, you know, get started you know, not make excuses, stop wasting time. I think another thing that this year has taught us is that we have no time to waste. Tomorrow is not promised. You know, we've seen or heard of so many people passing away this year. Um, And so we want to get busy doing everything that God has called us to do in an authentic way. And you may be at a point in your journey where, um, you know, one of the things that you talked about, um, and I think this applies to a lot of people and maybe even this year, you know, you look the part, but inside you're falling apart, keeping things together with a great outfit, showing up for service, but you are not there to serve, forcing a smile just to keep people far enough away, not to sense the inner dysfunction, having a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. You know, I've been in that place, you know, of kind of not really wanting people to get close to you because then they will find out how dysfunctional you are, <laughs> you know, right. you know, <laughs> right. and find out right. you're really crazy, you know, but, um, <laughs> right. you know, but God really, you know, you have to have someone in your life where you can be transparent with, where you can be honest with and say, Hey, mm-hmm. I don't have it all together. I don't feel good. I don't like any of this that's going on in my life. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed, whatever the case right. might be. So you can get to a place of healing. Right, right. Because what you don't confront, you can't conquer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we go around thinking that we can bury things and not deal with them. But guess what? Those things are going to rise up somewhere. They're going to surface somewhere in your life where mm-hmm. you're not because you're not dealing with it. So we have to go ahead and, you know, face things head on because he hasn't given us the fear, the spirit of fear to not face those things. And he's also given us the grace and the power to deal with them appropriately, you know, so that we can live free in this life. Yeah, because we're overcomers. Yeah, and, yes, and what you said is so true. If we don't face them here, they will surface over there. And you yeah. may wonder why it is that I have so much difficulty on my job. But it's because maybe you haven't, you know, I can't get along with my coworkers, but you haven't right. confronted your your family relationships and you know, or different things like that. You haven't forgiven, you know, are you still dealing with betrayal? And so you wonder why it is that, you know, I seem to not have really close friends or why no one wants to be around me. You know, if you look at some other area of your life, I'm sure that, you know, you'll be able to find some answers to that. Yeah. Yeah. We have to take a whole holistic look at our life. You know, we can't just be perfect on our job and not at home. You know, Mm -hmm. it has to be, God wants to be live that abundant life, and that means that every area of our of our life has to be blessed. So yeah. we have to bring that to Him, so He can help us get through it. 
Yeah. And just kind of as we close, um, you talked about, um, and one thing I, I must say, your honesty and transparency in the book really allows the reader to go on a journey of healing with you. Um, you write about a time when everything stops. Um, this line was really powerful to me. You said, do I keep running after the things that kept me together or embrace the discomfort of losing everything to be with God? You know, you talked about when the music stops, you know, um, when, um, and as we were talking about when things are stripped away, you know, when people pass away, um, when you lose that job, when um, you can't go to in-person service, you know, when you uh-huh. stop having the accomplishments that you defined yourself by. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to a person that is at a place where they are completely exhausted with making things work and trying to, you know, and they want to surrender to God. Maybe the music has stopped in their life and they are reevaluating everything. What advice would you give to them on unveiling their confidence? If anything, I would say just stop trying to make things work around you. You know, stop trying to handle it. Stop trying to bear it all on your own. You know, surrender to the fact that we do have a good, good father. And I believe what keeps us from being free, from being confident, from, you know, being really one that is strong in their belief in the word of God is because we won't surrender to him. You know, we won't accept his promises. So my advice is stop extending your hands out, touching everything, bearing everything, handling everything. Extend them up and put yourself in a position of worship. When your hands are in surrender, then it's like, God, you're saying, God, I'm taking my hands off and I I want you to come in. And a lot of times we can't be strong within ourselves. We can't reach a place of confidence because we are handling things that we're not supposed to handle. Mm -hmm. So. We need to give it over to God and stop, you know, trying to handle things on our own. And then, believe it or not, it's going to walk us all into a place of strength and safety and confidence. Yeah. And just, yeah, surrender, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So where can people find your book? Um, they can find my book on Amazon.com. Or if they would like an autographed copy, you can actually go to AprilJBradford.com and purchase a book there. So. Um, if you need any more information, I am on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter under April J. Bradford, and I will be happy to get an autograph book out to you whenever your order comes in. So thank you. Okay. And so we will have, we'll have April's website and other um, contact information on social, you know, her social media platforms. We will have that on the relevant the radio show page, Facebook page um, so that you can connect with her and you can, we'll have a link where you can order the book. April, I buy a lot of books to support people or just because I know people, but I can say um, I really enjoyed this book. It was a great read. It was an easy read, um, but one that made you think as you read. Um, And so um, I'm just so um, impressed with the quality of the writing and um, which wish you much success in your journey. All right. Thank you so much again for having me, Tasha. I really appreciate the opportunity and God bless bless you. Thanks for uh, joining us today. And we will be right back on Relevant, the radio show. The Relevant Radio Show. Let's get relevant. Let's get relevant. 
Imagine what the world will look like if we put our differences aside. Imagine what the world will look like, look like. What if we put our difference aside? All of our idols, all of our pride. What if we lay our weapons down? What if we walked in each other's shoes? What if we saw another point of view? What if we came together now? Imagine what the world would look like if we put our differences aside. Imagine what the world would look like, look like. Imagine what the world would look like if we put our differences aside. Imagine what the world would look like, look like Cause I hear blood crying from the ground Somebody's baby been shot down In this darkness, is there healing for their sorrow? Can we just stay in the fight? It won't happen
differences aside Imagine what the world will look like Look like Hey doctor, what does it mean to be relevant? Relevance is the concept of one topic being connected to another topic in a way that makes it use the radio show Thankful thoughts God, I thank you for creating me to be the unique individual that I am What I once considered flaws and shortcomings, I now value because I understand that I am created in your image. Let me leave you with this final quote. Don't compare yourself with others. No one in the world can do a better job of being you than you. Remember to be authentically you. Be the person that God has created you to be. Thank you for joining us today. Have an awesome week. Be real, be relevant, and walk in the light. love to even understand that beyond the walls behind the mask and confident smile was a broken man trying to grow up and make life worthwhile and I know there were times that you probably shouldn't but I thank you for always loving me And I know anyone else, they probably wouldn't. So I thank you for always loving me. Now I know there were days I'd look at myself. I felt like less of a person compared to everyone else. What about this flaw too big, too small? Can I exchange? And trying to make up for what I fell short, I let sin slip away. But when I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, oh, I just thank you for always loving me. And I know I get bad, but you wait